Have you ever been caught unprepared for something? Well, let's consider that today as we jump into this session of Bible Studies for Life. And this is the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. So, Chris, tell me, you prepared to talk about this today? I am prepared to talk about this. Looking forward to it. Thanks for uh, leading our conversation today, Lynn. Sure. And joining Chris and I is Dr. Brian Beyer. Brian, thank you for taking the time to, uh, to call in and join us for the podcast. Hey, glad to be here. Uh, Dr. Beyer has uh, been a long time writer for those of us here at Lifeway. You have been uh, writing uh, right at, uh, let me get my numbers right, 31 years. Uh, since I believe 19- that's right. I think that first writer's conference in Nashville was fall of 91 or so. So, wow, 30 years ago. And so I've asked I've asked uh, Brian to be a part of this podcast because he wrote the commentary uh, for this session that appears in the advanced Bible study, which is a supplemental commentary to all our resources. Of course, advanced is used by both uh, group leaders and there's a lot of those who just class members. They love the commentary that appears in advance. So, uh, Brian, let me just say again, thank you. Thank you for uh Every time I ask, can you write for me, you're able to step in and and do such an excellent job with it. So thanks. Oh, thank you, Lynn. So the lead icebreaker question um, is kind of gets back to what Lynn started with a minute ago. When have you been caught unprepared? And uh, as soon as soon as I saw the question, something had just recently happened to me. My wife and I went into a restaurant and. it's one of those places that's always busy that you almost always have to stand in line. And we, is a Saturday and we thought, oh, maybe top hog will be open a little promotion for it. And, <laughs> and uh, we'll be able to get in. And sure enough, we could, we did, we got right in, uh, ordered and uh, began to eat. And then it dawned on me, Oh, they are cash only. And I don't have any cash. So I looked over at my wife and explained our predicament and she started going through her purse and pulling out. So we we came up with almost enough. We explained to our, our waitress that that was our situation. And she said, Oh, no problem. It's okay. And uh, we decided we could do it. So Kathy went out to the car and started digging through change (laughs) and we came up with just enough to pay it and and to give a tip. And, but it reminded us of, uh, younger days when we would go through a drive through and have to search for coins to be sure. we. (laughs) Wow. What about you guys have any experiences with uh, being caught unprepared? I think I can top that one. Uh, (laughs) During my 36 years at uh, Columbia, I, I uh, served about half of those as a Dean and half of those as a faculty member. And during those days, I remember one year that I went to the annual accreditation meeting. And when I got there, I found out that apparently everyone else had remembered that this was the 50th anniversary of the accrediting body. So we were all supposed to bring our regalia, our cap and gown. And I was the only dean who showed up without my appropriate graduation apparel. I was not prepared. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, I think think the only thing I've ever been unprepared for is when you ask this question, when even caught unprepared, I'm unprepared with that answer. <laughs> Good answer. Good. Answer. Oh no, I can look back to high school days, going to a class and going, "Oh, we have a test." I got serious about studying much later, but not in high school. Uh, I was unprepared for several several tests. I still graduated, but that's I what still, 
I still have that dream, Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm showing up and a paper's due or a a test and and it it feels just like what you just described. It's just pure panic. Well, that is a little bit really of our focus of our study today. Uh, This is our sixth of our sessions uh, looking at the Christ return. Uh, The idea of looking at Christ return with living with the end in mind. So our focus, this is, uh, this is actually the session title, is to stay prepared and ready. We're going to be looking at a story that Jesus told in Matthew 25, uh, a parable. Uh, and it's a parable for so many of you, it may be familiar. But let me just encourage you, if you're teaching a group, if you're the leader, don't assume everybody knows this story. Uh, help them to look at it, uh, even as, as the leaders, look at it with fresh eyes as we look at this story that Jesus told. This is Matthew 25, verse 1, uh, where Jesus said, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins. They took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. But when the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take oil with them. But the wise, uh, the wise ones took all their flask with their lamps. Now, let me just stop for a minute. We're talking about this wedding, these 10 virgins, their lamps. Uh, Chris and Brian, give us, help us understand the background of what's happening in, in this wedding. So I'm going to flip it to Brian because um, of his uh, academic scholarship background and, and say that this is some of why we produce resources like Advance and other things so that we give the leader the opportunity to know some of the backstory that we may not be able to put um, in the in the personal study guide, Brian. You're right, Chris. I mean, we so often read scripture through our particular cultural lens, and what we have to remember is things are very different in other parts of the world, and certainly in the Middle East. Well, I was just thinking today about weddings in our own society, and certainly a lot of planning goes into weddings and just on and on a lot. Maybe some would say too much planning, but all in all, our weddings pretty much stay on schedule, pretty much. The wedding might be at five o'clock and the bride doesn't come down the aisle until 5.15 or 5.20, but she doesn't come down at 8.30, okay? It It stays on target, but in a culture where the whole community is going to show up where the wedding, everything just stops and the whole community comes out to celebrate the happy couple. So many details can go on. And you might say the wedding, well, we're going to get going with the celebration around sunset. And that's just sort of a cue to, Hey, get ready. You know, when you can't see anymore because of lack of daylight, start heading over that way. And of course, bring your lamps. And so there's just a lot going on here culturally that maybe we don't think about when we read the story. So my mom is 94, and uh, one of one of our classic stories about my mom, she was always late, and uh, uh, she and my dad were married uh, 70 years when he passed away, and um, she, so one of the stories that they always told was about their wedding day, and uh, my mom was late to everything in her life, and she was late to her wedding, and the wedding was at her house. <laughs> So I always think of that when I when I read this this story. So tell us some of the customs, uh, especially tied to uh, the reference to the ten virgins, the the sort of bridesmaids of this story. The, yeah, there's really not a strong. I, mean, I don't think we should really take too much with that word virgin. It's just talking about these young ladies, part of the community, not married yet, 
and they're part of the wedding entourage. And again, when the whole community shows up, you need people who are going to bring lamps. And so they do that. Uh, again, I just come back when I read those those verses that are, reflect on those verses, Lynn, that you just mentioned, that we have these women who are supporting the cast and given the very flexible schedule that potentially could come up. I imagine that when people heard that the foolish virgins did not bring extra oil, there was this collective. (gasps) What are you thinking? You know, nobody, nobody plans for a one hour wedding, maybe in our culture, not in that culture. So the, the, um, when Jesus told the, when Jesus spoke those words, I'm pretty sure most of the people immediately saw where this was going. Like, uh oh, uh oh, they didn't bring extra. They didn't bring extra oil. Everybody knows to bring extra oil. Well, and Brian, uh, make sure I understand this correctly. Uh, as you pointed out, we're not the emphasis is so much so much on them being virgins as they were these young women. Uh, but what I understand too is they were they were very likely friends of the bride, friends of the bride's family. And for them, this was a great honor to serve in this role. So it's rather sure. surprising that they wouldn't have prepared themselves for this great honor. Right. And so then it's, it's what the unpreparedness communicates. It communicates to the groom, to the bride, to the family. We don't really care enough about this to make sure it happens, even though we know that most of the time, Weddings don't just pop, 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 and we're done. Uh, wedding, the wedding goes on for a long time, which means people linger or it starts late for a variety of reasons. You need extra oil. Everybody knows that. And if you don't bring enough, then you really are showing you just potentially don't care enough about the people you're trying to serve. Let me ask it this way, then, because this has to do with Christ's return. He's telling this parable. How do, do we, in turn, prepare for Christ's return, what, what, is some, what, do we, what does that mean for us to prepare for Christ's return? Well, as we know, we've been looking at these great uh, parables, Matthew 24, Matthew 25. We just covered the, the good, faithful, and unfaithful stewards and so forth. And just the, uh, or the unfaithful steward, he could go either way, faithful or unfaithful. But now we have these women who are not ready. And the focus of these parables that Jesus is telling us, we need to be ready. Well, what does that mean? Uh, most of us would probably agree it doesn't mean go sit on a hill and start looking to the sky and just wait, but it means to be ready and to be busy about his work. And so I tend to advise students as you're getting ready, you, you don't know whether he's coming back in your lifetime or later or in the next 10 years or in the next 20 years. So what are you going to do? I think you should become the best Christian you can be. Uh, read your Bible, pray, uh, regularly attend worship services. Be involved in ministering in the name of Jesus because ultimately God has chosen to work through his people to reach the world. And so we can sit and wait for his return and really we won't be very fruitful or we can get busy about the task by his grace of being fruitful and growing as Christians and we'll see what he does. So I want to add to your list uh, something that has just become uh, more evident to me and, and that I, I try to talk about when I have the opportunity. Uh, this involves sharing our faith. Uh, we, we, we need to acknowledge that there are people in our lives, family members, friends, uh, people that we know in our community 
uh, the, where we may have some influence, where we need to take the initiative to share the gospel. And this is a part of that being prepared too, that we have done our due diligence to be sure that we're taking as many people as we can to heaven with us. There is a Psalm, uh, teach us to number our days right, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And that just, I'm, I'm reminded of that, just that sense of, I need to use my time wisely. Instead of just putting off a decision, or I should say putting off a decision to talk to somebody, uh, something I know I should do, instead of just deal with it, because I don't know how much time I have. Uh, the wisdom to realize that my time is short, it could be tomorrow Christ returns, it could, be, it could be another century or so, who knows? But I need to be wise with the use of my time. Let me take us now into uh, verses six through nine as Jesus continues this parable. Uh, it's the middle of the night. There's a shout. Here comes the groom. Come out to meet him. That all the virgins got up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the wise ones answered, no, there won't be enough for us and for you. One of the things we emphasize as we took at this passage, uh, you know, this idea of we need to be prepared for Christ's return it's my responsibility to be prepared. Uh, I have to take that upon myself. It's not someone else's job to make sure I'm prepared. It's my job. Brian, I think as I looked at what you wrote in advance, that you referenced the fact that um, the, these women weren't stupid. They weren't morons. <laughs> I think you right, explained right. where that word came from. Uh, but they, there was that failure to plan ahead and, and, and dealing with the consequences. And here the consequences are at play. They really are. And I, I was just looking again in preparation for our time today at, at what I wrote in that session. And I, I wrote, all of us face last minute emergencies where we have to respond to a situation we didn't anticipate. A significant car expense hits our savings account or an unexpected illness puts a family member in the hospital or a, a power outage leaves spoiled food in the refrigerator. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about these young women who are supporting the wedding cast. And again, they knew they knew uh, that there's a, every chance that the wedding is going to go longer than that small bit of oil that they have in their lamps. So bring a flask. You might not need it, but if you need it, you really need it. And they just didn't, they just didn't prepare for something they could have prepared for. Chris Lee wrote this in the personal study guide text where he talked about the virgins were, you know, friends of the family. Uh, they had been honored by the opportunity to serve in this wedding party. The problem was the five foolish virgins, they did not return that honor. In other words, they did not take the time to prepare to serve. And it brought dishonor to the family in a sense. And pick this up when you get into verse 10. Uh, the foolish virgins, they've gone out to buy some. But while they're gone, the groom arrives. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. The door was shut. And later, the rest of the virgins also came. Master, master, open up for us. And he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. So I'm looking at one of the things uh, from our uh, per personal study guide that uh, Lee wrote. He said, lack of spiritual preparation has eternal consequences. And th this is exactly what we're looking at in this passage. It's very difficult, I think, again, just for us through our Western culture, many of us to understand the the slap in the face, 
the put down that this was unspoken, but just very clear when that when that groom says to these women, in effect, just go, just go. Um, he's not. I mean, he's he's not being overly harsh, given the culture, given what's going on. It's like what you know. Why you? Everybody knows this. What what are you doing? Just just go. And it's tragic, but it, the parable really makes the point. And Jesus' audience would have understood that. You can't do that and claim to be a close friend of the bridal party. And you, nobody would do that. And so likewise, be prepared. How can you claim the name of Christ? And, oh, I'm a serious Jesus follower, but you don't read your Bible. You don't share your faith. You don't pray. You don't gather with your local church family regularly. You're not doing things that normally would show up. It's not a checklist, but normally would show up as part of our Christian experience. And so how, how can you expect um, the right results uh, when, when this is how you live? That's what well, we see in this parable then is this idea that we're to prepare. It's my responsibility to prepare. And the last part of this parable really drives home for me this idea. My time to prepare is limited. I just, it, it, it could be any moment now. So in the meantime, grow in Christ. As we wait for the return of Christ, we need to grow in him. Uh, just Brian, as, as you just mentioned, those things that help us grow in Christ, I need to be deeply involved in that. We don't think too often about um, the idea of something, of being too late. Um, but there are things in our lives where, where if, if we show up and it's too late, the consequences um, are significant. If, if you show up too late at the airport, um, you're not going to get through the security line. You're not going to be able to, uh, to get on the plane after the doors are closed. That's probably um, um, a, a pretty good um, comparison to this idea of it's too late, the doors are closed, you can't come in, right? Oh, yeah. There are, yeah. Yeah. There are times in life where it's just too late. I've told uh, students who are studying for pastoral ministry, some of your weeks are going to be very busy, but you cannot get up into the pulpit at 1130 a.m. on Sunday and say, folks, I just had a busy week. And so if you'll come back this afternoon at two, I have that message ready for you. You just can't. I mean, some things just go on when they go on. And so there are certainly smaller deadlines in life. And if we're a little bit late, that's okay. But there are some significant deadlines where we need to meet them and we can very well be caught unprepared. I must confess, um, I'm, I'm not, I am not that guy who has paid a lot of attention to the issues, all of the things tied around eschatology in times. Uh, I don't, I, I have never been one that's given a lot of time or attention to prophecies and all of that. So this study has been enlightening for me. It's been a reminder that this is uh, something that I need to know more about and be prepared to talk about uh, looking at, at Matthew 24 and now We've looked at the first part of chapter 25 for six weeks has been a healthy thing for me in my personal life. And I hope it has been for our hearers and for people who are in our group. So, Brian, thank you for 
for being a part of this podcast, for writing for this. And I'm going to pitch it to you to, to share any final word that you might have for us. At the end of December, I finished up my read through the Bible in the year plan. I try to do that every year as part of my own personal discipline. Whatever courses I happen to be teaching or not teaching, I just like to work through. And some years I go through chronologically. Some years I go through um, a little bit of Old Testament, a little bit of New Testament at the same time. This year, I was doing the latter. I was doing an Old Testament portion and a New Testament portion. But I went ahead and I finished up the Old Testament so that between Christmas and New Year, I could read the book of Revelation. And as I started in chapter one, you realize right away, this is not a mystery novel. It's not a suspense thriller. It's a proclamation of victory. This is where the world is going. Every day is one day closer. And so it pays for us to be ready. Uh, Your quote earlier about poor spiritual uh, preparation can yield terrible eternal results. We don't want that. And so since Jesus is coming back, every eye will see him. Every day is one day closer. How do we prepare? How do we best prepare not only our own selves, but as you pointed out, Chris, how do we share so that at Jesus' return, not only we ourselves, but those in the neighborhood, those in our schools, those people we know will also be ready for Jesus' coming. Thank you, Brian, very much for that closing comment. And uh, we thank you for joining us for this podcast as we uh, wrap, as we've wrapped up talking about Christ's return. Let me just offer you, uh, teachers, let me offer you a tip very quickly, very briefly. We're going to be starting a new study next week, and it's a study about, we're going to spend six weeks looking at the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Phenomenal study. But if you'll go to our website, our blog site, BibleStudiesForLife.com, slash adult extra. When you go there, of course, you'll see some teaching helps. But there's also a promotional video. It's a whopping 60 seconds long. That's it. Grab that video. Put it in on, on your, if you have a group Facebook page, drop it in emails, show it in your church. It's a great way to invite people to join you as y'all talk about the Holy Spirit for six weeks. Hope you'll take advantage of that. We want you to have a great Bible study this week, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week.